perfect? Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries' Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Thanks, Adam, and welcome to the program, everybody. I am Bill Snyder. This is Young Catholics Respond, and thank you so much for joining us on today's program. And I hope you are joining us along our Advent pilgrimage as well. If you haven't yet to sign up, uh, it is an absolute incredible, incredible uh, experience for many, many people. We have 116 countries, over 40,000 people involved in this pilgrimage. Uh, leading it are people like Jeff Cavins uh, and more like Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. There are incredible people leading this pilgrimage uh, from around the world. It's all virtual. You don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. All you have to do is go over to parousiamedia.com and sign up, and you will be able to catch up and join up uh, with this wonderful pilgrimage. And I also want to mention that today, December 3rd, is the last day that you are able to get a copy of our Advent devotional, which is being used in the pilgrimage for free. Uh, of course, you can get it anytime on Amazon, but right now we're offering it on the Amazon Kindle for completely free until uh, 11.59 tonight uh, Pacific time. So go on right now, get your free copy of A Contemplative Las Posadas, because we're using it along the journey for the last nine days of our pilgrimage. So please go over there, Amazon.com, search for A Contemplative Las Posadas, and get your free copy of it. Otherwise, tomorrow it's going to be only uh, $2.99. So get it while it's free, folks. But I don't want to spend too, too much time talking about ourselves and our ministry today because I have a wonderful guest. Uh, her name is Jeannie Egolf, and she's a retired physician turned homeschooling mom, author, illustrator, publisher, founder, and owner of Perpetual Light Publishing. She's written four books. Uh, she also serves as an illustrator and designer and uh, art director for nearly 100 book projects uh, starting uh, back in 2009. That's when she sold her internal medicine practice to stay home with her children, uh, one of whom has special needs. She's also a catechist at St. Patrick's Parish and a member of the Catholic Writers Guild. So uh, Jeannie Egoff, welcome to the program and thank you so much for joining me today on Young Catholics Respond. Bill, thank you so much for having me. That was an amazing summary of my crazy life. I'm, I'm super psyched to be here with you today. Absolutely. You know, the 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 bio never does it full justice, though. I always you know, say that. You read the bio in like a, you know, a minute and a half or whatever, and then it never really unpacks your entire life. Uh, so I would love it if you'd unpack the portions of it for us. Here in the first half of our program, I would just love to know about your faith journey. Uh, it sounds like you have an incredible, amazing journey. So just share it with our listeners, if you don't mind. Oh, boy. So I was a, I'm a cradle Catholic. Childhood in the 70s, 80s period time, Catholic school, small town, Ohio, Notre Dame and Portsmouth. Um, my whole life went off to college and and kind of fell off the boat. I think like, uh, unfortunately, so many young Catholics do. For years and years, I, I think that I just kind of grasped onto the secular world. I wanted to be in control. I wanted to be in control of everything. And I did that for years and years until 
some things happened to me that were completely out of my control, I think. <laughs> and I think you're going to be able to relate to this very soon, I hear. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sometime in May, perhaps you and your wife. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> when my husband and I uh, had our first child, um, I had a hard, real hard time with the delivery. There were some complications. And I lay at one point ready to die. They were getting blood transfusions ready. I was praying and praying. And, you know, God got me through that. And that, that was crazy enough. We had a second child a few years later, despite all those complications. And it was also very trying. I actually, I had, uh, I had hypertension with pregnancy, pregnancy induced hypertension. I actually had a hypertensive crisis with stroke symptoms after that, after the second baby. Um, again, I was at the brink of death and I said, as I was, you know, I'm a doctor, right? So I'm sitting there taking my own blood pressure, which was about 230 over 130. Wow. I couldn't feel my left arm, that kind of thing. What I should have done, you know, was called 911 and go to the ER. But instead I locked myself in my closet and prayed. And I said, God, I don't really think you would give me these two young babies and then call me home. I think I'm supposed to be here to take care of these babies, right? Yeah. And yeah, he pulled me through that. And I, it soon became obvious that I was needed more at home mm. than in my office, my, in my medical practice. Yeah. Now, please do not assume for a moment that was an easy decision. Yeah, I loved my patients, loved them. They were mostly, it was a, a largely a geriatrics practice. I took care of patients, I think, that sometimes came to me because I didn't have anyone else to talk to. <laughs> but I sent out messages one by one to every single patient. I need you to come in the office. I need you to talk to me. Mm. And one by one, I took the hands of those patients. And I said, I, I think I'm going to sell my practice and I'm going to stay home and be a mom because being primary care, I was my own on call 24 seven. I tried to cut back to part-time, but that really just meant I spent more time on the phone at home with, you know, a, one toddler pulling at my pants leg and holding a baby in the other arm. Mommy, get off the phone. Mommy, get off the phone. And I realized I can't just halfway be a good doctor and I can't halfway be a good mom. Mm. And I did it. I did it. It was 2009 where I finally got to go into fully embrace this, this vocation of being a mom. So there you have it. No, you know, that's, that's incredible. I fully came back, you know, fully came back into the church um, very devout husband and, and children as well. And that's that's kind of my faith journey. You know, that's that, that's an amazing journey. And I love, uh, you know, the 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 wrestling, the the time it took for you to really wrestle with, you know, the the career versus the actual vocation. Right. And 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 that is such a foreign thing, I think, to many, many people out there, many young people especially that listen to this program, probably are 
having that same struggle, trying to figure out how do I, as a you know, young professional, balance my family life and leaving an internal medicine practice and selling the medicine practice is a, is a big life-changing decision. The grace of the Holy Spirit giving you that insight to be able to say, you know what, here's what comes first my family, and my faith. I wonder just a little bit, you know, how, how your children, especially, um, you know, making it through all those, you know, difficult pregnancies and things, how they impact your faith on a daily level. What, what is that like, you know, watching them, you know, as they grow up and, you know, giving them the, the beautiful faith life that you have and you want to share with your family? What, what, what is that like? I, that is my strength right there knowing my duty as a Catholic mother. I have one goal, right? One goal, get my family to heaven, get myself to heaven, get my kids to heaven. And I always tell them we have one goal. If we get separated, here's where we need to meet up. Ultimately, we meet up together in heaven and bring as many souls with you as you can. That's it. And that is the only thing that got me through the guilt that I experienced yeah. leaving behind a medical career as a physician, as an MD. The hardest thing was the guilt. I felt like nothing. My whole identity was I was doctor, right? Hey doc, hey doctor, 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 right? Everything. Yeah. Um, to not be a doctor anymore was to die in a way. It really was. It was like, I, I was gone. Um, I talked to the guy I was still in my practice to, it was, he was like kind of a partner at that point. And I closed the office door and went in there and I just cried. And I said, is my husband still going to love me? That was my only identity. I had, we, my, I met my husband. My husband's also a physician. We met in residency. I thought everything he loved about me was that I was that strong career woman, authoritative, that I saved lives. That's how Jay knew me. Right. Right. I thought he wouldn't love me anymore. It was it, it truly, it was the, the hardest decision of my life, really. My partner said to me, Jeannie, <laughs> Jay doesn't love you because you're a doctor. <laughs> 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 and, and that really changed it. One other person really helped me through it. And that's, I have three older brothers and an older sister. My middle brother is Bill, like, you're, <laughs> like you. And Bill said to me, just very simply, Stay home and take care of your family. And I, for, I want to say, please, I have nothing against these super moms who can do it both. There are plenty of, oh, I'm, I look up to these moms so much. There are plenty of moms out there who can be amazing physicians and still be amazing moms and, and wonderful. But I'm not that great. <laughs> I just couldn't do it both, okay? No. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it both well, really well. And I want to do my job well. Yeah. And I couldn't be a half-time internal medicine doctor taking care of people who needed me around the clock. Mm. And I certainly couldn't be a good mom to these two babies, these two kids who need me around the clock, right? Yeah. It was hard. It was hard to come to terms with my weakness. I couldn't do it all. Mm. I wasn't in control completely. And I had to let go. And believe me, I've, I've 
gotten flack, you know, from colleagues, former friends who think that, oh, what a shame, you know, I threw away all those years of education and, and I took the place of somebody in med school class who, you know, could be a practicing physician right now. How unfair is that? That kind of stuff. And it just goes to show, right? I mean, sometimes when you walk the path that God has for you, it makes other people, it, it can make people mad. It can make other people really angry and think that you're crazy. But you got to do it, right? Yeah. You got to do it. Well, and see, that's the amazing thing that you just said. It's like, it, 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 God, God is not worried about the trends of our culture. He's not worried about the trends of, you know, what's, what's popular. He's worried about what's, what's the best plan for you li- your life and your vocation. Uh, and no matter, and, and when you surrender it all to him, when you give him it all, he, he will lead you on the wild adventure. He will lead you on a crazy path that, you know, the world thinks is, you know, <laughs> absolutely insane. But here's the thing. You're doing amazing work. You're doing incredible things. You're impacting lives in a different way, and you're also serving your family. Uh, those are things I want to talk about on the other side of the break as we uh, take a short break here on Young Catholics Respond. We'll be right back after these messages here. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a way to deepen your prayer life and faith this Advent season? A Contemplative Las Posadas by Bill Snyder is a novena that offers reflections based on the traditional Mexican devotion that reenacts the journey of St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The ecclesiastically approved devotional is available for purchase for only $4.99 on our website, patchworkheart.org, or emailing info at patchworkheart.org. Our Blessed Mother wants only the best for her children and has given us a special place where she promises to help all those who appeal to her motherly love and protection. Telling Saint Juan Diego that here I will alleviate the sufferings of all those who love me and seek my protection. That holy place is now the site of the beautiful Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. If you would like to learn more about how you can visit this special place of grace, please visit vivaguadalupe.org for more information. Our Lady may be calling you now. Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Hey everybody, welcome back here to Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder. Uh, Today my guest is Jeannie Egolf, and we're having a wonderful conversation with her. And in the first half of the program, she uh, shared with you all about her personal faith journey and uh, how she gave up her internal medicine practice to answer the call of being uh, a great wife and mother uh, to her kids. Fascinating. If you are listening to this on the radio, I encourage you to rewind it or listen to it on our podcast. But I also want to focus, Jeannie, on what God called you to to do uh, professionally after uh, giving up uh, the internal medicine practice, which is uh, Perpetual Light Publishing, and I, I and I kind of want to talk with you a little bit about how that came to be, and 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 understand how, how you reshape culture through literature um, with with this wonderful uh, new new company that you have. Oh gosh, I'd love to talk to you guys about that, Bill. Um, so you know where we kind of left off. I'm in the role of Catholic mother at this point. And as I said, you know, I realized I have the, my primary goal in life as a Catholic mom is to get my kids 
on the right path to heaven. And then you look around and you realize how hard that is. You think you're being a wonderful mom in every way, but you know, you, you want your kids to live in this world, but not, you know, of this world. Right. So even in our own Catholic schools, um, I mean, I went to Catholic school my whole life, right? So did you probably. Um, so, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Everything from the other, you know, kids are exposed to and even the books, even the books they read. We, you know, for example, I think what, what the last draw for me was and where something had had to be done was realizing the things that were in front of our kids, even in book fairs, even in like this, you know, I remember Scholastic Book Fair when I was a kid. I loved to get that brochure and pick out all these cool books and posters and things. And the Scholastic flyers started coming home and the titles looked so cute and appealing to the kids. But when I really started digging, uh, there are a lot of things in there that were completely morally opposed to church teaching. Yeah. Um, I began to explore this around the same time I was exploring one of my old hobbies that I used to love to do was writing fiction and I love drawing and art my whole life. It's kind of been just the side thing for me, a hobby. Mm -hmm. Well, I think God had more <laughs> plans for me. Uh, I began writing and illustrating books, uh, children's picture books. I had a series out about a little girl with a vocation to become a religious sister, the Molly McBride series. Mm -hmm. uh, our Sunday visitor has since purchased it from Grace Watch Media, who was my original publisher. It is so amazing to be um, an author who has multiple extended families of publishers, right? Yeah. It's very common. I, I, I learned, you know, you can have, you can publish books with different publishing companies and everyone is still friends, right? Because we all have the same goal, right? Yeah. We want to get good stuff out there for people to read. We want good media, good books out there. And we're not competing against one another. We're helping one another. Yes. And that, along with this, what I was seeing happening to kids or even in Catholic schools, lit a fire under me i became hooked up with some amazing people within the catholic writers guild the catholic writers guild then formed a committee which i headed um what can we do as catholic authors publishers and illustrators to get good content good wholesome morally sound media yes. to our kids and replace the questionable lifestyle agendas that were being shoved right under their noses in some cases without even the parents and teachers knowing so there's three amazing entities evolved from that one is catholic reads there are three ladies who formed that company uh you can subscribe to it I've got to get you hooked up to talk to these ladies too. They offer uh, steep discounts on Catholic books. And another entity that came out of that was Good News Book Fair by Liz Lantigua, mm -hmm. which is basically the Catholic Scholastic book fairs completely can replace Scholastic. I've actually gone to do author signings for Liz Lantigua at those 
oh my gosh, her selection of books, toys, posters, clothing is far better, far superior than anything Scholastic offers. And she also gives, you know, benefits to schools. And then another entity is the person I'm working very closely with now. I can't believe I'm working with her. It's such an honor. Kathy Gilmore, she founded Virtue Works Media, which is a website that ultimately will kind of function like common sense media. But instead of just rating um, media, as you see on their site, it'll rate it by virtues. It's like what virtues are expressed in these media, these, these books, these movies, these magazines, these games. So I just, things are really happening fast. Yeah. Things are just really happening fast. Uh, My friend, Aaron Brostel and I decided we needed to form our own publishing service. Right. Yeah. And that's how perpetual light publishing was founded. We have a strong desire to reshape our culture through literature. Mm. You get in, you get out what you put in, right? Yes. Your mama, your mama always tells you that, right? <laughs> you are what you consume. You are what you eat. Yes. Why in the heck are we feeding our kids some of this garbage? Right. They need good books. And I don't mean just Bible stories and saint stories. I mean, just books that are, are carefully vetted to make sure they aren't containing anything morally opposed to church teaching. Yeah, that's that's all I mean. They don't have to always be Bible stories. We have a lot of you know authors just writing fun stories with a fun message, like Wendy's Wacky Wardrobe. That was one of our books that came out this mm. year by Maria Shepard. You know, just a fun story, colorful, bright, that yeah. kind of thing. There, there are so many good books out there, and there are so many authors out there with these great ideas that are having trouble getting published elsewhere, maybe for various reasons. And we work with them. We help them to get their books out. No, absolutely. And I think that what a great mission, what a wonderful mission that you have to put out their content. And I, and I like how you said, it doesn't always have to be about, you know, saint stories or, uh, you know, Catholic doctrine. We can have some fun stories that are out there about, you know, Wendy's wacky wardrobe or whatever it might be that, that can just be fun for kids because, you know, kids need to have the recreation. They need to have the, you know, the, the enjoyable reads too. It's not always, you know, uh, always trying to make a point that we have to have, you know, great, you know, great uh, catechesis all the time. We can have fun too as Catholics, but the but it's important that the there's still virtue in those stories and not vice. And so that's that's awesome that you that you have such a great vision for being able to bring this to light in our society, uh, perpetual light uh, to in, in our society. So that's you know that's wonderful. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about, I mean, right now it says you have five titles out uh, that are selling awesome, uh, and you got another 37 or so in the, in, in the <laughs> yeah. works. That's awesome. Uh, you want to talk about any of the upcoming ones or any ones that you have uh, out there that might be, uh, that might be people, for people just to kind of look for? You bet. Uh, all of our current authors have, you know, various have ideas in various stages right um but the the large series that i hope you can i hope you can get kathy gilmore on the show she's so busy um she is already an experienced veteran children's book author but she has a new series out called virtue heroes and there are 30 
five books in this series. She's already written stories. Um, I, I'm primarily the art director illustrator for these. So uh, I said I can only illustrate about two to three books per year cover to cover. So we we may need to get some more help for that. But they're, it, it, they're so cute. Um, the first 20 correlate with the Mysteries of the Rosary. Mm. But for all 35 books also have a virtue. Each virtue is represented by the an animal, little lovable little animal character mm. who is looking up to somebody throughout Christian history as their hero. For example, the first book, A Mouse and a Of course, The Annunciation. There's a little mouse named Moshe who becomes a friend to Mary as she's a young girl in the temple. And he follows her on her journey as she goes back home and experiences the Annunciation in, in a very unusual way. Um, we had to change gears a little and get book three out next because we wanted to do the Nativity in time for Christmas. Oh. Not only that, the hero of this story is King, is, uh, King Balthazar. And he is African-American. And we definitely wanted to make sure that we were celebrating, you know, diversity, especially with the this crazy year, right? Crazy year. Yes. So <laughs> Wisdom Finds a Way is book three. And it's from the point of view of Amal the camel. And he is a cutie pie. And again, it's a way of experiencing the trip. Uh, that the, the Magi take, including Herod's Jerusalem, in a very unique way, where the camel uh, learns a lot about the wisdom of uh, looking up to your elders, right? Yeah, oh, cool. Aaron Bristol, who founded the company with me, wrote God Made the Moon. Uh, Catholic Mom and other people who have endorsed this uh, book are saying it is better than... Uh, <laughs> good night moon they love it it's a bedtime sweet bedtime story um what else have we got erin's got another book up her sleeve she's going to come out with as soon as she can and i hope you get to talk to her too mm. uh, maria wrote maria shepherd uh that she's a debut author with the wendy's wacky wardrobe but my gosh it's a, it's, it's selling like mad um, everyone is scooping Wendy's wacky wardrobe up for Christmas. <laughs> and Maria wants to make uh, little Wendy into a series. And I think she should. She's such a funky little character. Um, we've got Tammy Fernando from London, who is working on a book as well. And there are a few other in the making. So it's it's going to be an exciting 2021, that's for sure. <laughs> awesome. It's going to be great. This is so fascinating and awesome talking to you today. I can't wait uh, to have some of these authors that you're mentioning on. And uh, I'm just really excited about, you know, uh, what you have going on, especially for young families and for young people. Uh, I really encourage uh, families to uh, take take a look at Perpetual Light uh, Publishing. Again, uh, your, your website is simply perpetuallightpublishing.com, right? All one word. <laughs> um, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so people can get access to it and go uh and go check out everything they have there any anywhere else they can get in touch with you or how else they can get in touch with you or any last words as uh, we're kind of wrapping up today's interview hey we're we're always uh, accepting uh, queries from authors uh we do specialize in children's picture books 
but also, of course, middle grade novels, um, young adult. We actually do have some people in the midst of some uh, middle grade novel writing right now for us. Um, so, hey, if you are an author or illustrator and you do want to hook up, just go on to the site, which is Perpetual Light Publishing, and you'll find a way, you'll see my email and a way to reach me on there. And I'd love to, I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you're shopping for some good books for your kids this Christmas, you can get into the shop books link from the website. You'll get into our bookstore. Not only do we have Perpetual Light Publishing books in the bookstore, we have books from all kinds of publishing companies and they're Ave Maria and Tan and um, our Sunday visitor, you name it. Um, we, we have, we curate uh, groups of books that we've kind of vetted, you know, and, and we, we like to promote and help out our fellow authors, fellow Catholic publishers and so forth. Awesome stuff. Well, Jeannie, thank you so much for being with me today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Can't wait to have you back and some of your authors on. It's been just wonderful today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bill. It was so fun meeting you. I had a really good time today. Good. Awesome, everybody. I did too. Uh, thank you. Hope you all had a great time as well. Again, please don't hesitate to check out our website as well, patchworkheart.org, uh, for more information about all our speakers and, and guests and whatnot that we have on the program. You can find out all about uh, what we do right there. But until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry.